0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: I'm Stacy Westfall, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, the Western Dressage episode. If you're listening to this in real time, or at least close to when it was published, this episode is going out just before the WDAA World Show begins. And I'd like to remind everyone that there will be a live video feed from Oklahoma where you can watch the Western dressage world show live without leaving your home. Since I'm not headed to Oklahoma this year, I will be logging in to watch the competition. I do this for raining shows throughout the year, but I have to say that having posted ride times in Western dressage makes this a lot easier to find the link. Go ahead and visit the WDAA website or the WDAA Facebook pages because everybody will be sharing those links throughout the event, and just simply ask someone. They are going to be so fun to watch. I especially look forward to the freestyle. Joining me today is Ida Norris. Ida judges both Western and traditional dressage. She is a U.S. E.F.S. judge for traditional dressage and is a U.S. E.F small r, Western dressage judge, and she serves on three WDAA committees. Thanks for joining me today, Ida. Thanks
2: for having me, Stacey. It's always fun to talk to you.
1: Well, we, this is going to be an ambitious one because what I hear is that you have 20 tips for top show performance at multi-day shows, and we're going you, you've do. got those divided between 10 for the horse and 10 for the rider. Is this true? It is guru. Then I have fun. (laughs) Yes, we are. So I suppose we should jump right in. So yes, let's go with the horse tips. What 10 horse tips do you have? And I get, you know what, actually, before we do that, we, you and I had briefly talked a little bit about why we thought this was important. So can you recap from a judge's point of view, why you think knowing these things is important? Well,
2: when you and I had this conversation, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, is that as a judge, you know, I'm wanting everyone to read their paper and every day do better and better. And I want to give bigger scores and I want them to do well. And I'm hoping they get some tips from their, you know, they can extrapolate from their early tests and their horses settled down in the ring and things are going to get better. And by the end, I can just give all 10s I'd love <laughs> to give tens, And um, sometimes in multi-day shows, things go wrong. And the longer the show goes on, the, the tireder the horses look, less sound, riders uh, making more mistakes, and exhaustion is setting in. And so from a judge's perspective, I'm hoping to give my better scores, thinking that the riders will be more experienced and the horses will be settled down. That doesn't always happen. And so that was when you said to me, well, you must have some tips. And I thought, I sure
1: do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when we were discussing the topic and you said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. Because when like if I go to a raining show and we're and we're in that world, a lot of times we tell people and actually I just walked in from the barn where my husband was giving a lesson and um, the rider asked if I would double check something. And he said, but I might be out of horse. So it's very common for us to say you're running out of horse you're going to run out of horse, be where you don't run out of horse. Because for us, our raining shows tend to be three or four days long with typically moving in a day earlier than that. So you do have to learn how to um, meter things out. And I think sometimes, especially going into the Western dressage, I've seen where people maybe think that it's maybe not as intense as what I'm doing in the raining, but it's still a thing, like running out of horse is what we call it, and it's still a thing. I see it everywhere. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect, Ida.
2: Yes, and we, yes, that's a great way of putting it, that you run out of horse. I think the number one thing is, and all of the things about the horses are really, the number one thing is horse management. And that is to really assess your horse as you're going along and figure out what your horse needs to stay happy, healthy, fit, comfortable. You know, on a lengthy show, three to five days, some some shows go longer, like Congress. That, I mean, there's some really long shows. And make some necessary adjustments as you go along daily and have that as part of your plan that you are thinking about that. One of the primary things I see is showgrounds that have cement pads with very high, uh, very hard, sorry, um, pads, you know, and everybody's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, there's rubber mats and I step on those mats, and they're just as hard as the cement, and there's cement under that, Mm -hmm. and those horses, after three or four days, come out looking more, and more, and more stiff, and we won't say lame, Mm -hmm. but they don't look right, I just love that word, funky, you know, (laughs) it's not lame, but it's not right, so thinking about do you need extra cushiony floor mats? You know, mm-hmm. do you need to buy some from Track to Supply and figure out that you're taking them with you and installing them? Do you need extra bedding? Do, can you request from show management that you have stalls that are maybe not on cement? Mm-hmm. If they are on cement, you're going to figure out if this bothers your horse. Your horse may be totally used to this, or you may have a horse that's turned out 24 7 and they're not used to that. Uh, secondly, you know, are they used to being stabled? that much a lot of horses aren't stabled that much and being in the stable they're dark it's dark they can be depressed they can be stressed out by the other horses around them do they need to go out and be hand walked do they need to be lunged they may need to move around and you have to figure out how much moving around does my horse need and it You know, most of our WD horses are pretty safe, but traditional dressage horses can be difficult to move around sometimes because they're so high when they come out of the stalls that there are various areas that people don't want to lead them into or whatever. Luckily, our horses are pretty broke, shall we say, Mm -hmm. and uh, kind and quiet, but they do need to move around, and you have to figure out for that horse, what does that horse need, and how much of that does it need every day? I see a lot of people that hand graze their horses, and here's something that I actually don't do. I don't allow this. You have to figure out if your horse really does need grass, mm-hmm. and then you really need to look at that grass. Is it contaminated? Is mm-hmm. it worm-free? How many horses have pooped on that? Uh, were the tr- Was the tractor show just there, and there's tractor oil all over the grass? Mm -hmm. You need to think about if that grass is contaminated, because I see people allowing horses to eat what appears to possibly be contaminated grass, and that can affect their gut. None of us want to have a gut problem at a show. Mm -hmm. Then talking about their gut, you know, when your horse travels, does it need probiotics? Does it need ulcer guard? Do you have an ulcery horse? Will they be stressed? You know, be aware of their diet and work very, very hard not to change their diet. Don't, you know, if you need to take your hay with you, you figure out how to do that. Um, Relying on the fact that you're going to get somewhere else in the world and the hay is going to be exactly the same as what you've been feeding it. Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. Um, Definitely your grain, your supplements, all of those kind of things, really, really important to keep as normal as possible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We were talking about running out of horse. Do not overwork your horse. Yeah, and you need to look at your show schedule. One of the things that happens for Western dressage is people are like, oh, maybe I'm only you know going to ride a couple of classes a day. But then they go out, they do a 45 minute warm up, then the ring is 10 minutes late, so they surround or walked around another 10 minutes, then they. Rode their test, which is you know eight or nine minutes, and um, now we're an hour and a half on the horse. And maybe they sit there some more and watch some of their friends, you know. And maybe this horse, maybe this horse is lucky if the owner rides it four times a week for an hour. Hmm. And then this happens day after day. And what if they entered two riding classes? So maybe a minimum of thirty minutes warm up plus a test. That's forty minutes plus some hanging out in rings or a possible extra school because something went wrong. This is more work than this horse is used to. So you have to really figure that out. And then, oh, my gosh, there's these cool rail classes. Wouldn't I like to go in dressage hack and maybe equitation? And how about the horsemanship class? And so then they add in some rail classes, and then this is just, a lot more work than the horses used to. So looking at the schedules with, you know, sitting down yourself, maybe your trainer, really looking at, do I really want to ride two dressage tests a day plus the hat class? And I'll say one thing about the hat class. That asks for all the extended gates, the length and jog, you know, lots of backups, some length and lope that's an aggressive class and when I ride that class I consider that a class for the day because in order to win that class I have to warm up like I'm doing a dressage test Hmm. and a lot of times there'll be there might be 20 to 40 horses so there may be some cuts in the class Mm -hmm. maybe more sometimes at these big shows so you may go through several cuts
3: Hmm. so not
2: to just put those aside but to consider that that's part of that. Thinking about Managing your horse, if your horse is used to massage, chiropractic, magnetic therapy, all the supportive therapies that are allowed, um, this is the time to be doing them. <laughs> yeah, It takes a lot of extra work and effort on the rider's part. But those supportive, you know, some nice massage, chiropractic, their magnetic blanket, they're used to having stable wraps, they need some ice wraps, whatever it is they need, they probably need it because they're under some stress. Even if, even if you're not overworking them, still it's a different environment. It's a different place. Other horses around them. Noises at night. Things like mm-hmm. that. Assessing if your horse is sleeping is essential because horses that don't sleep so. A neighboring horse fights with your horse all night over the stall, and then you come in and you've got a 9 o'clock ride and your horse hasn't slept, and a lot of times you'll see that horse blow up in the warm-up because it's exhausted. And so assessing if you think your horse is sleeping and trying to think about doing things like, whoa, I don't actually have to do anything with my horse right now, and I see it slumbering in the corner at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I come in and I see that I know it hasn't slept all day, and I don't think it slept last night, maybe I adjust my schedule because it's slumbering now, and I know it's resting for now, and maybe I'll postpone my ride for an hour if I can, or my train will help me later, Um, but thinking about if your horse is actually sleeping Mm
3: -hmm. because that's
2: really essential and it's the same thing with water. Have a plan with water that you can get water into your horse because so many of these people get to a horse show and now they're on city water and most of us have wells on our farms so we have artesian wells and they're not used to chlorine. So tricks like You have to be really careful, like iced tea is illegal because it has caffeine. A ton of things that you might pour into the water to get a horse to drink it have illegal ingredients in them. You have to be very careful what you add because people are always running by and saying, well, put this in the water, put that in the water. But you get the horse to drink by pouring that in. But then you get drug tested and it's illegal. Hmm. But one of the things that for sure, for sure isn't illegal is plain straight apple juice. Mm. And if you get a horse ahead of time to drink apple juice with water in a bucket, you might be able to have a plan for when you get to the city water and your horse isn't drinking, which can be really, really important. Last but not least is really thinking about planning your work every day for the horse and like deciding the evening before, um, how, how much horse you have, how much horse you think you have for tomorrow, and what classes you have, and making a plan for wow, he's, he's tired. I can tell he's tired or she's tired. I need a shorter warm up. Or I thought she was unfamiliar with the ring and I thought she was shying at the flower pots. I need to get up early and go to the showgrounds early to walk her around the flower pots, let her look at things before there's too much traffic letting your horse familiarize itself with whatever is frightening or unique or strange to the horse when you're not particularly riding it, you know, not introducing it to a scary place while you're on it, but allowing it to look at it when you're just leading it around um, can be really helpful and making those plans ahead of time and planning your day for that horse is essential. So this whole thing is all about managing the horse's comfort and stress level.
1: Yeah, those were some really good. I was taking some notes uh, some of them that I wanted to go back through and and talk about because as you were saying them I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, like this is stuff that That I've learned to do over 20 years of doing it, but it's gonna be a lot faster if you can hear the tip here and then realize it. And so, um, one of the first notes I made was on the bedding or the stalling when you were talking about that. And um, you're correct. I've been in that same situation where there were stall mats, but you step in and they feel really hard. So, um, when I was hauling Roxy, I hauled some of those much softer and lighter weight ones. They're really gross to take out of the stall at the end of the show, but they're about an inch thick and they lock together and it's worth the grossness. Go wash my hands. I'm good to go. Um, But they were much softer. And then what we, and then, Um, A lot of the pelleted bedding that you can buy nowadays makes an incredibly good base in a stall. So if you take that pelleted bedding, which is nowhere near, it's super dense. And so if you put it in and you water it like you're supposed to, it will make a really dense thick. And then I go ahead and go over the top of that. And depending on the facility... I've hauled in straw if I had horses that I wanted to really be cushioned and I've put like four or five bales of straw. I mean my horse was standing no kidding like a foot higher when I was done. And um and then and then but the other one even if I don't like even if I do with the pelleted bedding on the bottom and then regular shavings on the top. It's amazing how you can get those horses up off there. But one last thing, those soft ride boots that you can buy for hauling on the trailers. If yeah. your horse if your horse won't eat them, like when they're standing in the <laughs> stall, this is, I'm going to, I'm right. going to say a disclaimer because I've had that happen. But if your horses won't, if your horse won't eat them, we have taken to just putting the soft rides on them. It's like literally every step they take, they're in a, a padded, a padded, they're on, they're basically like on a mat. Now that doesn't help yeah. them so much when they lay down, but if I've done my other thing with my bedding. So yeah, there, that was a great thing that you mentioned. Cause I forgot all the years of learning everything I just summarized in two minutes.
2: Yes. And the boots are the boots are a great idea. And I'm like you, I believe in using those. I use those sometimes on really long transports when the horses are going to Florida and it does take four and they're pricey, but they last and you put them on and they use them. And yes, and hopefully yeah. they don't rip them, but they do work. They and really do. Every, everything you need to keep this horse from stiffening up, being overtired and resting is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, Oh, the last thing I totally, totally forgot, but you know, when you travel and we know this, but we should mention it, you know, you want to have your medical records with you. you, Of course, you need your Coggins, but you know, you need what shots your horses had and when they had them. But the biggest thing I think, and you and I know this, but a lot of people don't think of this is, you know, people don't even know what size shoe their horse is wearing
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: they rip off shoe. Maybe they lose it. Maybe they don't. They drag it over to the farrier on the grounds. But if you have a spare shoe with you from your farrier that, that matches your shoes, or I used to take a matching set of shoes from my ferrier, I'd say to him, hey, fit my shoes, fit me another set of shoes to this horse that you just shod, And I'm taking them with me. And if I had pads or whatever, here's matching pads. Then when I dragged my horse over to the ferrier at the showgrounds, I could say to them, look, he's usually 55 behind, 55 degrees behind, he's 53 in the front, his toe is usually three inches, blah, 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 blah. If I didn't, if I don't know, I just get my ferrier to tell me and write it down. Mm-hmm. And you walk up to the next ferrier, and he doesn't have to guess or look at it or try to figure out what your ferrier was doing. You walk up and you say, uh,
1: please, do you have time to fix me up before the next class, and here's my stuff. That's a brilliant, I mean, that is worth its weight in gold right there because I've even, I've even just told people, if nothing else, just save the old set that somebody took off because something vaguely closely matching is better than, it is very common to the farrier in a different location, not even to carry the brand of shoe that you have. So it's not, when you know how detailed some of this can get, you start to realize how that's going to be different. That is a brilliant idea. And Yeah. A couple other notes that I took while you were doing it. Um, One thing I love about Western dressage is the fact that there are ride times. One of the reasons why I can see people running out of horse at reining shows is because we don't know what time it's going to start. We don't know when we're going to go. And oh my gosh, when I came over to the dressage side, I was like, this is brilliant. So take advantage of that because I, uh, I circled it several times when you were saying it, that planning your daily work. I know at multi-day shows, I plan on tapering. I know that my horse is going to come off all of them. They, you know, Anything that I'm doing that's a little extra is going to be front loaded because I have to taper. I have to taper. I have to get to the point where if my training has been done well at home, then I'm tapering as I get to the end of the show, which means like you're saying shorter warmups. I don't. I don't wait like I that is my game plan going in. So my yeah. game plan for a fu- my game day game plan for a four or five day show is I have practiced this at home by pretending and I know how to ride my horse on Monday pretending this is the first day to show. I know how to ride as much as I think I literally get people to set this up by doing it at smaller shows at home. And basically, because everything you mentioned about like, oh, the horse doesn't know how to be in stalls or doesn't know how to go to shows. I'm like, exactly. If we plan on a on a bigger show, because it's almost always length of show is almost equally like importance of show, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. the, lo- like yeah, the bigger the show, the longer they are. And so it's like, take those smaller shows and use them. Like there's sometimes I haul in to train my horse that there's sometimes I get a stall, even though I could haul in because of what the horse needs to learn. So I love everything that you just mentioned. And I think it's time to wrap this segment up because I'm really excited to see the 10 tips you came up with for riders.
2: Great. Well, thank you. That was fun to talk about. I appreciate it.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissues. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well,
1: thanks again for joining me today, Ida. I was super excited about the horse segment, and now I'm very curious as to the tips that you're going to be giving us for the people.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I have... Uh I've coached a lot of a lot of uh, folks over the years, and have very strong ideas, strong opinions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sure you do too. Oh yes, yes. (laughs) Well, I selected, you know, ten things. I'm sure we'll think of some others. But to start right off with, you know, one of the most important things for people is they're exhausted, and I'm talking to them—young people, old people. Uh doesn't matter what your age is, but you need to figure out to somewhat stick to your sleep schedule, and that's sometimes hard at big shows because, oh, I'm riding in the morning, or oh, I'm riding at night, or then it gets worse, they're in the Coliseum at night, they're not used to riding after 5 o'clock, or whatever. So here's the thing, you know, most of us have a camper, or we're going back to the hotel, or whatever, you really need to schedule rest. And mm-hmm. if that means take a nap, if that means going to the camper, lay down, go back to the hotel, get your horse settled and get, get enough rest, actual sleep. And even if you can't sleep, you know, sit down, be quiet and rest. And I sometimes it's actually young people sometimes that I find this the hardest to get across to them because they're so excited they're running around and I'm going to go watch so-and-so and and then I'm going tonight and stay out late and watch the blah, blah at the Coliseum. And, uh, no, you didn't sleep enough yet. You know, and if you, if you're serious about your riding tomorrow, rest is the thing.
3: Mm -hmm. And
2: the next thing of course, is stick to your normal diet. And I don't mean calories, but what you're used to eating. And, um, you know, a lot of times I'll coach people and like, well, what would you eat for breakfast? Oh, I'm too nervous to eat breakfast. Oh, no, that's not a good thing. Um, Breakfast doesn't have to be something specific. But you know, just a cup of Starbucks, and then you're on a nervous tummy. Whoa, you know, a cup of Starbucks isn't going to be good or a donut. Probably not all that sugar, caffeine. No. Thinking about you know, a banana for potassium or some peanut butter because it has some protein or an egg or whatever it is that you can tolerate becomes very important. And avoiding things like donuts, liquor, candy, caffeine, all of those things tend to contribute to jitters.
3: Mm -hmm. So
2: not a good idea. Whatever your regular diet is, is a good idea. And sometimes You know, folks are excited because they're seeing their friends, and they're like, "We should all go to dinner. We should go out and have a big party and have dinner." And but those dinners get you off what you're used to eating. Maybe you're used to eating a salad at night, and then everyone sat around and ate a steak and this and that. And you know, tomorrow you're low-key. not Mm -hmm. good. On top of that, just like your words, stay hydrated and drink H T. You know, drink real water. You know, H two O. Like you need water, not mm. caffeine, and mm-hmm. that's not ice, and it's not coffee. The number one cause of brain fog, according to um, neurologists in the United States that, that studied people's attention deficit
3: mm-hmm.
2: is dehydration. Nice. Brain fog. Yeah. Dehydration. Yep. So you know, being sure that, that you're drinking and you're drinking water. Stick to your vitamins, your medications, try to take them on time so that you're sticking to your own regular schedule because as the days go on, just like the horses, we get more and more tired. My my middle aged friends, because I'm not young anymore, Mm -hmm. but you know, don't tell anybody. Of course, (laughs) we're not telling anybody in this broadcast. But you know, by the time I get the horse, you know, we get all planned up. Get the trailer out, get everything loaded, get the horse on the trailer, get organized, get to the show. And I've driven myself, unloaded, coached everybody, ridden. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm very tired. And other people are too. And this is what they tell me, that if they're the adult that's in charge of getting the horse loaded, doing the driving or whatever, sticking to these plans to maintain their own rest and health becomes increasingly important.
3: Hmm. Yep.
2: we talked about for the horse about how important it is to make a plan you know for your day and for warm-up and I actually take a blank piece of paper each day and I take my piece of paper and I put my ride time at the bottom and now I'm one of those girls that needs a lot of time and I'm terrified of being late so I usually have about 30 minutes for warm-up, but however much time I decide, I back up 30 minutes or 15 minutes or however long I think that's going to take. I also take into consideration how long it's going to take me to get from the barn to the warm-up ring. So that three or four minutes to walk is included there. Then I back up another, I give myself a half an hour to tack up the horse, which is way too much time. But, you know, what if what if he's dirty or something when I get there? Mm-hmm. I give myself a half an hour to dress. Um, I eat 45 minutes before that. And I know I have to eat about three or 400 calories. And for me, it's going to be two boiled eggs and a container of water. And um, one of my vitamin supplements, which um, has some kind of caffeine and go-go juice in it, has some vitamin B in it, which really helps you when you're trying to concentrate. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I know that about myself. So you make a schedule for yourself like that on a piece of paper and keep it in your pocket and or write it on the grease board at your stall so that your team knows, you know, when you're going to start doing things. Now, the next part of that is communicate clearly with your support people. Mm -hmm. And that may be your coach. Your coach needs to know and you have to have a conversation together You know, what time are we meeting up tomorrow and which ring are we going to work in before, you know, for warm up? Because a lot of times there's two or three warm up rings and there's multiple rings. And, you know, let your, you know, your hubby or your friend or your groom know that you need them to hold the horse maybe while you're grooming or whatever it is that those people that are there to help you do. Mm -hmm. Clear conversation with them. And, you know, if you can plan it the night before, you do, um, otherwise in the morning. But, you know, you can be meeting in person, you can be texting, you can be using the phone. But communication becomes real clear because when when you're expecting your coach to show up at the warm-up ring at a particular time and you're out there ready to go, it can be nerve-wracking when they don't show up and it turns out that you didn't communicate clearly with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that. Rattles your concentration, or something.
1: Mm-hmm. And this would so go back exactly. over to possibly overriding the horse again, too, just from a lack of communication.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yes. That's yep. all of that kind of thing can happen. So being being clear, having a schedule, and actually writing the schedule down. I don't. I don't even um, just go on verbal. Like we have a grease board outside of the stalls for every horse. This is going to be that schedule today. And you know, we're also texting it onto the phones. If I feel like the person that's going to help me isn't going to come right up to the stall, like my husband, he's it, usually my groom, but he likes to wander around. He's very social, so he's great meeting and greeting other people and looking at the vendors and this and that. But get text onto his phone is the schedule, so that he can keep pulling out his phone. Oh, she's going to get dressed now. I need to get back to the barn.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And. He knows that when I start dressing, then he needs to be on hand because I'm going to want him to hold the horse while I pack. Yep. So that kind of thing with your team could be very helpful. Mm-hmm. You want to take every advantage that you're allowed to take. You know, for example, having a reader is legal. I have a lot of people that are like, "Well, oh, I'm I'm not using a, a reader." Mm -hmm. but maybe they go out the first day and they're at a really big show like Worlds or Quarter Horse Congress or something, and they're tired. They get distracted. Um, Maybe the horse is distracted by the crowds or the flower pot. They're being stressed and they forget the test. And Mm -hmm. I say to them, you're not cheating. This is allowed. So if you'd like to have it, if it would relieve you, if, if this would help, Use the advantage that's in place that is legal for you to do. You know, for example, have a reader or you know, the other thing that is a huge advantage is as soon as your tests are available for especially in Western dressage, go get them.
3: Mm-hmm. Do not
2: leave the office because you want to be reading them. Because You know, if you could get if you had a nine o'clock ride and let's say you got lucky and you got your test by one and you had a four o'clock ride, it might not be in front of the same judge, but what the judge said to you could potentially be extremely helpful. Like, you know, you're just not geometrically making your circles correctly and one small little correction could make a huge difference in your afternoon score. So sending someone to the office to get those tests or you getting those tests and then reading them in a quiet space. And if you need to, you know, get help from your coach or from your friends that are more knowledgeable, like, what does this comment mean? Can you help me? I, You know, if you know, you won't have any trouble with the judge's comments. But if you don't, then read those and get some help
1: because <laughs> that'll help. that's a huge advantage having those, having it- those. It is. And I'm laughing because I remember when I was getting my first ones back, I was like, not only did I not know the terminology that I could read, I also, the shorthand on some of those is really impressive. And so I it's it was very common for me to be like, I don't know what these three letters are shortened for. Okay. Now that you've translated that into an actual word, can you now tell me what that means? <laughs> so yes, feel free yeah. to ask. Like, I have no problem being like, okay, I need help here. So yeah, that's great. That's great. Yes,
2: yes, get some help with the, with the translating. Two hours before, I recommend to everyone two hours before their test, which is when I check with the ring steward. because that's two hours before I'm going to ride is when I'm thinking about, you know, getting dressed, being sure I'm at my barn, checking my horse. But two hours before, either I check with my ring steward of my particular ring or I send my husband, my groom to the ring store what is he asking about what he's asking about is is this judge on time and most size judges are but huge shows and multiple rings can get off
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they can also have scratches and they have breaks scratches and breaks are the couple of things that can unexpectedly affect your ride time what can be happening is the ring can be 30 minutes behind and they're 30 minutes behind right up until lunchtime when the judge supposedly has an hour break and the judge decides they're not taking an hour break because they got so far behind this morning that they're taking a half an hour to eat. They will start on time. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That resource is there to help you with how the schedule is going. Or it could be something as simple as you're in the morning, you're not near a break, and there's three or four riders ahead of you with a scratch, which means that You're not required to ride before your time, but that people may be moving up because they want to ride before their time and they're ready. Now, on a really hot day, your horse might be ready early. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: you might like to know that or you might have another horse in another class that is a little close. You'd like to have a little more time or whatever it is. So talking to those ring stewards is really, really important.
3: Mm -hmm. And two things that
2: should happen is two hours before you ride, you go check with them, how's things going at the ring, blah, blah, you know, I'm Ida, you know, I'm going to be coming along in a little while, I'll be coming out. And then when you get to the warm up ring with your horse, you go and you tell the ring steward, hey, remember me, I'm 551, I'm Ida Norris, I'm here to ride training level test one. I'm here. I'm checking in.
3: Mm-hmm. They need
2: to check your name off. And it really helps them if they don't have to go running around looking for you or trying to find your back number. They pick you up. And then you are actually responsible for watching your time and looking and see who's ahead of you. So I have that ring steward tell me, okay, which one's ahead of me? All the lady over there in the purple shirt on the paint. Yep. Okay, well, she's ahead of me so that I can keep track of how the system is going because the ring steward's there to help you get in on time, but you're responsible for it. If they tell you to go late, that's not you. You can be eliminated for that. It's not their responsibility to get you there on time. It's yours. Mm. So you want to be always two or three minutes early. You never want to be late. Don't go exactly at your time. Always, always you have to be ready two or three minutes early and get right up to the gate, know who's ahead of you know what they look like, know what their back number is. And the minute they go in the ring, then my husband's calling to me, the horse in front of you is in the ring. And you know that you only have four to eight minutes tops.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And so you need to need to be ready. And assume assume that something may take extra time. So build time into your schedule every day for crazy stuff like, <laughs> you know, got their horse's filthy. He's never filthy. It never lays down. Today will be the day. Mm -hmm. That'll be the day. (laughs) The other thing that I recommend to everybody, the very last and perhaps maybe the most important thing, I don't know, and I'm not sure if we talk about it enough, but everybody has stress triggers, all of us. And no matter how much we like shows and we have a good time and we see our friends or our colleagues and, or maybe, maybe we're kind of nervous at shows, but Everyone has stress triggers, whatever those are for you, feel free to avoid those if you can mm-hmm. or i do not, I don't care if I'm showing at intro training level Grand Prix. I do not watch anybody else in my class. That's mm-hmm. my trigger. I don't do it. I will not watch anybody in my class. Mhm. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want my team talking to me about such and such an Olympian's riding right in front of you. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, right. thanks. I don't need to hear that. Um, so whatever those things are, like for me, I, and also you'd never think about this, but it's hard for judges to write sometimes because if we go and watch a class, We can't help ourselves. We're standing there evaluating, well I'd give that a six, I'd give that a seven. That's not good for me to be doing. I Mm -hmm. should be watching class that I'm riding in because I should not make suppositions of how I think someone else's ride was. I didn't judge it from C. I didn't sit there for the whole class. And then, you know, it's the crazy idea of well, it seemed like my horse went better than that horse. That's crazy. You can't think like that. But human nature is human nature. So no one should be, you know, thinking things like that. You know, you, when you're writing, you're writing, you're not judging.
3: Yeah. When
2: you're coaching, you're not writing. When you're writing, you're not judging. Yeah. So, keep your <laughs> you know, keep your hats all separate. Yeah. And then do what you need to do to keep yourself happy. You know, some people are like, I can't, I can't visit with my friends this morning. I'm kind of nervous. So you'll see them put their their earbuds in and maybe listen to some music or they go by themselves and be quiet or some people are social they go hang with their friends and and chitter chatter about things that have nothing to do with showing yeah because that's what keeps them calm you have to figure out for yourself what keeps you calm what you're comfortable with and you know this is for your mental health to keep you happy and healthy and having a good time and to not lose your focus
1: I really appreciate that you put that one on there because um, I would definitely, I I mean, I'm an introvert and I am... That basically just means it's that I recharge by being alone. And I have felt a lot of pressure when I'm in really social situations because I love being around people, but there's more of a drained feeling if I'm in that area for a very long time. I recharge. All the introvert and extrovert means is like you recharge in different areas. So I recharge more alone. And so I love that you brought that up because it took me a long time to realize I really I really enjoy the atmosphere being at the show, but I would deny the drain that it was having on me when all I really needed to do was literally like 15 minutes sitting alone in the car in air conditioning, like just, you know, just chilling, maybe reading a book, just not being full on in the whole thing. And like, uh, oh my gosh, like going back to the hotel. Like uh, when you were, when you were going through your list, I was making notes and I was like, I kept writing down. It's amazing how boring my routines are because that is what keeps me stable there. So it is the going back and taking a nap and training yourself to nap. If that's not something you do is like, literally it's one of my trained horse show skills and my food. I travel with peanut butter and my favorite (laughs) bread. I mean, it's in a cooler. It's like, it's peanut butter and there's my bread. And so if nothing else, I always have a guaranteed, like super boring and, yeah, when you were you were going down through, and I was like, "Yep, you need somebody." Those last minute water sip of water because your mouth has gone dry, and the last minute run to the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. and and all of these things that you just listed are so valuable because I think so many of us think about our horses first, and we end up burning that candle at both ends on ourselves. When it's it's the um, to me, if I just purposely build in fifteen minutes here and then fifteen minutes over there, it changes my whole day. So yeah. great great advice.
2: It's very I mean, my husband laughs at me, but I'm famous for being all completely dressed and the horse completely tacked, except for his bridle. And then I go, okay, we have to kill 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I'm ready too early. You know, and then we just hang out and we kind of massage the horse's neck and I sit on a bale of hay. And this is when he doesn't let the customers come and talk to me. He keeps the spectators that are wandering down through the barn aisle that recognize me as a judge, maybe from speaking to me. It's not that we're being rude. It's that for just a few minutes, I need a buffer like you were talking about. Like I just need a few minutes. To myself,
3: mm-hmm. and you
2: know, I'm actually sit down and rest for a few minutes. Like, okay, be calm now, be quiet now, keep the horse quiet. You know, hang with the horse. Everybody de-stress, and then in a few minutes, energy level up out to the warm-up ring, and it's show time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I think what everything you just talked about also naturally leads into the the final point you wanted to make, which was. Was volunteers at these big shows, and uh, you know when you when you mentioned that before we started recording, this kind of has naturally because I, I want you to speak to it, but I can hear why you mentioned it because they're having an experience. The people putting on the show are having an experience. So can you talk to the importance of volunteers and why you wanted to bring that up?
2: Yes, well, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to uh, WDAA Worlds. It's coming right up, and, and I'm going out to coach and stuff, but. While I'm there, I will also work my schedule and have called the volunteer coordinator and will we'll volunteer because these shows are short of volunteers. And just like all of us, they need people to run. They need people to write. They need people to scribe. They need general dogs bodies. Can you Can you help with this? One of the things they're always short of is if you're good with a the calculator, they always, always need people to calculate the scores. That's something that not everyone has a skill to do. So I encourage people, if you have a few hours or a day that's free, call the secretary or the manager or text them or email them and say, you know, can I volunteer? Or even if you unexpectedly are at the show and realize, hey, I'm not writing today, step into the office first thing in the morning and say, are you okay for help? Because sometimes... But we all have great skills, and they're skills they can utilize, but they'll train you to do the job <laughs> of whatever's done. And these shows don't run without those volunteers. And we all want to keep showing. but it is increasingly hard to get help. And it takes a lot of people to keep these shows going. So if there's someone in your team that can help, You know, it might be an extra dad that's kind of bored there, but hey, can you tend the parking lot? Hey, help people get parked, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever it is. If we can step up and volunteer, it's a huge part of these competitions and it's our way of, you know, passing forward the help Mm
1: -hmm. that everyone
2: gives all of us. So we want to pass it forward.
1: That is an awesome reminder. And I... Can't thank you enough. It's been so amazing. The 20 tips we blasted through them. If anybody wants to contact you for more information or um, lessons or judging or anything like that, where should they go to find you?
2: I have a cool website that's really easy to get a hold of me. And it's com, And lots of contact on there. Call me, text me, messenger me facebook whatever but yeah check the website com.
1: awesome well thanks again for joining me and um have a great time at the world show
2: thank you best wishes and you have a great fall
0: to this shape is the cutback at the elbows this gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area you can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com that's totalsaddlefit.com
1: thanks again to ida norris for joining me on today's show if you're interested in hearing more from me I have a podcast that you can find on your podcast player by searching train your own horse with Stacy Westfall. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on horse radio network at horse radio network.com.